0: You're listening to... Hey, he said I could do it this time. Look, do you want to fight or would you rather go by forces and push the big guy out together? Take him out. Okay. okay. Jinx, 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 jinx how wacky. You're, you're listening to Jeff Lax Live with our dad, Jeff Lax on the legendary Zev Brenner Lacks. Talk Line Network. He
1: is talking news with few, so his ratings don't die. It's the moment you've waited for. Here comes Jeff Flax Live.
2: The left really hates him and he's ready to fight. But the joke's on them
1: because so does the right. Here comes Jeff Flax Live. You can't top him. Don't try to stop him. Here comes Jeff Flax Live.
2: Hanukkah everybody it is Hanukkah the fourth night hope you counted your candles right 2021 December 1st the first day of December happy birthday to my sister big day big show coming up Oh, man, do we have a big show for you on this Hanukkah. You're going to love this show. So tomorrow night, uh, Annie Live, I don't know if you heard about this, but Annie Live is playing on Broadway tomorrow night. Or actually, I think technically they're filming it and putting it on in Long Island. Um, probably COVID-related, I believe. And Sophie Knapp, who is a 13-year-old girl, girl from uh, religious Orthodox Jew, is, uh, is playing... Orphan Julia in the show tomorrow night. And I hope you'll all tune in at 8 p.m. on NBC. But before she goes on tomorrow night on NBC, she will be on with us tonight in about a couple of minutes. And then the night doesn't end. We then have Mike Boxer of 613 fame. I call him the maestro. Guy's a genius. A lot of people don't realize Not only is 613 phenomenal in terms of performance, but that he writes original songs. And I sing some of those songs to my kids at night. Have been doing it now for nine years. They love 613. The talent on that guy. So we've got him too. And they've got a hugely viral. If you haven't seen this yet, you're in a cave somewhere. Because they had West Side Hanukkah came out last week. It is one of my favorite pieces of of their work, actually. And that's saying quite a lot. So check that out on YouTube. It has over 500,000 views already. It's lighting it up. No pun intended. Maybe a little bit. Pun intended. But we got Sophie Knapp. And I had so much fun with this interview. You will hear Sophie Knapp, Broadway Sophie Knapp, right after this.
0: Hi, I'm Zach Lacks. My dad hosts this show. From the brains behind the operation. Good news! If you want to be a radio star like me, we've got open lines. Give us a call at 646-926-4699. That's 646-926-4699. Tell them you know me. You'll get right on.
2: We're back on Jeff Lax Live, 620 AM WSNR, and streaming, as always, on the talklinenetwork.com, talklinenetwork.com. You can follow us on Facebook, at Jeff Lax Live. I'm so excited to have with us Sophie Knapp. Sophie Knapp Knapp is from Teaneck, New Jersey. She, I believe, she'll tell me if I'm wrong, I believe she's 13, and she is... Yeah, 13. Uh, She's playing July, one of the orphans and the upcoming musical that's airing live, I believe, on NBC Thursday night at eight. Annie, the musical. Sophie, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. So as I understand it, you just got out of a long rehearsal. You must be exhausted.
0: (laughs) Yeah, a lot of fun, but also tiring at the same time.
2: (laughs) I can imagine. So how long was the rehearsal you were in today?
0: Uh, It was like eight hours
2: oh my gosh and, <laughs> and so so you're so you're doing obviously a lot of singing i assume right
0: yeah a lot of singing dancing flipping
2: Fli- <laughs> like are you flipping actually. oh my gosh you're flipping too can you flip yeah so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna see that all on thursday you flipping
0: yeah <laughs> uh, yeah because i'm actually a lovely gymnast so I could do some stuff in the show, and it's, like, a lot of fun.
2: Very yeah. cool. So I'm, I'm assuming that was one of the reasons you got this gig. You're a multi-talent, so you can sing, you can dance, and you can act, huh? Yeah. <laughs> how did you get into all this, Sophie? Well, how did you get into all this stuff?
0: Well, um, acting-wise, um, when I was four, I was um, just, like, I used to sing with my grandma and stuff, like, just, like, humming or whatever. And then... my my mom was like, you know what, maybe you should try singing lessons, and I'm like, okay, sure, like, why not, you know, and so I went to my singing teacher, and I, like, loved it, I was in heaven, and it was a lot of fun, and I just, like, continued, and then I booked my first Broadway show, and it was just so much fun, like, I'm, I mean, it's crazy how long, I feel like, I don't know, I've been doing it since I was, like, five, and just like so much fun and you know just
2: yeah i mean it's amazing you're 13 years old and you're a veteran already i love how you say i booked my first broadway show how did that happen how did you get your first broadway show and what what was it
0: (laughs) so it was once on broadway and yeah i was five i played ivanka and it was like such an amazing experience it was like amazing
2: was that i think i saw that online when i was looking you up was that in canada
0: so well i did it on broadway and then i went on tour and i went in canada on oh
2: tour. that's what i saw got it got it so let me ask you a question so you talked about singing already acting and the gymnastics the oh, dancing what is your favorite part do you do you want to pursue all, all three or do you have a real love out of the three
0: yeah well honestly i really love singing and acting i, I love both broadway and tv they're both like just amazing like they're so different and so like i just love them equally like it's really cool how annie live is both broadway it's it's both a musical and it's on tv yeah it's really cool there's a stage and everything but there's also like many cameras Mm -hmm. so it's like in between and i just love both of them you know
2: so what's different about the TV one? Are you preparing differently for that? How is it being done differently than it would for a normal show?
0: That's a good question. Um, so, well, you could obviously, like, you can't, when, when it's on TV, you can't see, like, um, when the crew are, like, when they're moving stuff out or, like, there are also commercial breaks. And in, like, Broadway show, there would just be, like, one intermission. And... Like it's more zoomed in, sometimes it's zoomed out, all that kind of stuff.
2: Do they tell you not to pay attention to where the cameras are, or, or are you supposed to be aware <laughs> of that?
0: No, well, we're aware of where the cameras are, but we're not supposed to be looking at it.
2: Right, right. Now you're, so I, I noticed it's a star studded cast. My goodness, Harry Connick Jr. How has it been to yeah. work with, with these great actors, famous actors?
0: Oh my God. Yeah, it's amazing. Everyone is not like everyone is not only really really talented but also really nice and fun and like funny really fun to work with and like i've been learning so much from all of them
2: that's that's just amazing and your parents i assume are extremely supportive they must be right for you to be able to do all this yeah are they they very proud of you what are they what do they go around telling people because i know what my parents would probably say if i were you
0: yeah, they are really proud of
2: me. Does your mom does your mom go around introducing you as uh, this is my, my my Broadway daughter? Like, does she, what, does she embarrass you? No. <laughs> my mom brags about me, and I'm not half as impressive as you are. So I can't even imagine. Uh- I- I'm proud of you. Well, listen. So, tell me a little bit about what it's like to go to these auditions. There must be like a million other girls there for these parts. It is. Is it. Is yeah. it scary? What's it. What's it like? And when did you know you got this role?
0: So, it's actually really cool. Like I've been in other movies too. Like right before um, Annie started, I was I was shooting a TV show in LA, and um, r- like literally right after that, I came home to do Annie, and like all that stuff it's it just even like there are like a bunch of disappointments in the business because like when you don't get something that you were really hoping to get and like stuff like that but you just keep working like you don't give up and like for me yeah sometimes I'm upset when I don't get something that I really wanted to get but like I know that maybe it just wasn't meant to be like I have something else coming up and like for Annie it was, that was, like, a lot of people auditioned for that, and um, we got a bunch of callbacks, like, dancing, singing, and all those callbacks. And then one final callback at the end, it was actually on Zoom, and it was, it was really fun, and, and just, yeah. And then we heard in, like, September, I think it was, that we got it, and it was actually really hard, because we, we had to keep it a secret until, like, <laughs> until we until like in the middle of rehearsals that we booked it but
2: wow that is hard that must that's the hardest on the parents for sure right
0: yeah i'm like i really want to tell everyone
2: (laughs) that is so awesome i mean yeah that's really hard oh my goodness Uh, is this show a one-time thing or are you on tour
0: yeah, it's a one-time thing. Just Thursday night, December second at eight PM on NBC. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we'll get the we'll get in all the plugs for you for sure. What's next for you? What are you working on after Annie? Anything coming up?
0: I mean, I'm just gonna keep auditioning and yeah.
2: <laughs> do you do you like doing uh, theater better or film, TV, movies?
0: I love them both because, like I said before, they're so different but like so yeah. awesome. Like. I don't know. I just feel myself when I'm doing both of them, and they're, like, for theater, it's a lot of fun because you get to express yourself and, like, sing and just, like, have the time of your life. And, like, like, and then TV, it's just, like, so cool, really getting into it and stuff.
2: So who's been your favorite person to work with so far? You've done all these shows. You've worked with amazing actors. Has anybody really taken you under their wing that has been, you know, amazing to you that stood out?
0: Oh, my God, well... Hmm. that's really hard because i've had so many amazing people with me but i'd say jamie alexander i was in blind spot with her i played the mini version of her and um it was just so cool getting to work with her like i learned so much and like like about because i think it was like one i think it might have been my first TV show so it was just like really cool getting to like getting to know her and like getting to know how things work and like I
2: don't know. (laughs) So, Sophie, what do the kids say at school? What's it like at school for you, and are you able to go to school that much?
0: (laughs) That's a good question. Well, right now, I'm actually in um, Long Island, and we've been here for, like, almost three weeks. And, well, through rehearsals, like, two months ago, I think. It's almost been two months, but I haven't been in school because I can't, like, be in contact with anyone or, like.
2: Oh, Wow.
0: And yeah, so I've been staying at my house and hotels and all that. So I like and I've been doing school on set with my tutors that are really awesome. And so yeah, I get a lot of work done there. But I do miss my friends a lot though.
2: <laughs> wow, so you have tutors come on set to do lessons with you one on one?
0: Yeah, and actually Judaic too.
2: Wow. That, that's funny. So you have Hebrew teachers and English teachers coming to the Annie set, and what are the, what does everybody else say? Do they? I mean, I guess other kids are also getting that kind of maybe not the dual instruction, but at least English.
0: Yeah, well, there are two tutors for eleven kids, and yeah, so they basically just like go. We're all in one classroom together, so it's a little bit crazy, but still fun though. And we all they just like help us all, and yeah.
2: Wow, that is. That is amazing, Sophie. So you're you're basically in an orphanage in the play with these kids and you're also in a real school with them. Off time, right? Yeah. That's so it does that help build it, chemistry, it, do you think? Yeah. Like you build connections yeah, with also, the other kids? Oh yeah,
0: definitely. We've gotten so close. Like we hang out all the time. Even if we get home at like ten o'clock after rehearsal or whatever time it is, we always like to hang out for a little bit and like during rehearsal when we're not like um when we're not rehearsing, and, like, I don't know, just a lot of
2: fun. That's really awesome. I mean, that's so interesting. I didn't I had no idea that it worked that way, but that must be really cool. So tell us a little bit about this character, July. Uh, I, the last time I saw Annie, and I loved Annie, uh, was the first one that came out in the 1980s. I was a little boy, um, and I loved that movie, but I don't remember which one July was. What is July's role among the orphans?
0: Okay, so July is more on the quiet side, but she definitely still has a bunch of lines, and she um, she she stands up for Molly. I don't want to give too much away. Okay, no, no problem. But um, but like she, you know, she's with all the other orphans. She sticks with them. She's like really nice, and she's like sad when like Annie always leaves to like run away, and yeah. That's pretty much it.
2: Okay, I don't want to make you give a, give up, give away too much, definitely. We're all looking forward to watching it. What has been the most fun of this entire experience for you?
0: Oh, my God. I think just like, being in this whole cast and, like, watching everything come together because it's just so cool. Like, I remember on the first day of rehearsal and learning, like, Parnak Life dances and, like, everything. I was just, like, wow, I can't wait to see this, like, really, like, get strong and like amazing you know and when i saw like everything just come together like numbers i haven't even seen i just thought it was so cool and like the whole cast they're so amazing they're like such good dancers oh my god amazing dancers amazing singers and like just amazing people to work with
2: well you're amazing sophie and i can't imagine that after an eight hour rehearsal day you took the time to come on with us i really want to thank you for that and you are—it's uh, obvious to me, not that I'm a casting director, why they picked you, but you got all this, uh, to to have this kind of spunk after eight hours on set re- uh, rehearsing. Wow, that's just amazing! And uh, please tell people, <laughs> tell people anything else you want to say, uh, and also how they can find your stuff, your social media, whatever you want to promote.
0: Okay, well, my Instagram is Nap 6 <laughs> um, and. Yeah, so uh, make sure to tune in on December 2nd at 8 p.m. on NBC. And, and yeah, I appreciate all of your guys' support, and, like, I can't wait for you to see it.
2: <laughs> I can't wait either, and it was such a thrill to be able to speak with you. I'm excited for you, and I know that there are tons of people out there that are proud of you. Thank you so much, Sophie, for coming on with us. I appreciate it. Thank you. Good luck on Thursday, okay? Have fun.
0: Thanks so much. Take care. <laughs>
2: I mean, how awesome was she? (laughs) How awesome was she? Tune in tomorrow night, 8 p.m. on NBC. Watch Sophie Knapp play Julia and Annie live. And the whole cast seems like a pretty star-studded cast with Harry Connick Jr. and some other really big names. So it should be a great show. And you'll see Sophie sing and uh, act and flip. Amazing. We're not done with our star-studded Hanukkah show tonight. We've got Mike Boxer on right after this.
0: Hi, I'm Alex Lax, the talented one in the family. I'm nine, I'm already on the radio. When my dad was nine, he was breaking windows, causing trouble, and getting into all sorts of trouble with my Bobby.
2: That's very true. Unfortunately, it is.
0: Don't be like my dad. Be famous, like me. We've got open lines. Give us a call at 646-926-4699. That's 646-926-4699.
2: We're back. You're listening to Jeff Blacks Live on Zev Brenner's TalkLine Network. You can tweet the show, as always, at Jeff Blacks Live, at Jeff Blacks Live. We're on 620 AM WSNR. And as always, on TalkLineNetwork.com. And our colon line is 646-926-4699. I'm really excited about this one. I, I am a huge personal fan of 613, have been for many, many years um mike boxer is with us and mike is a founding member and director of 613 and they have a brand new hit out a lot of you i'm sure have already heard it i just checked mike a second ago it's up to thirty-seven thousand youtube views already i hope this is one of those to get into the millions for you guys and it's called west side hanukkah it's already gone viral on youtube and i believe other places as well it's a brilliant parody of west side story and the depiction of the maccabee story and I have to say, it's one of my absolute favorites already, which is saying a lot for for my favorite uh, six thirteen pieces. Mike has won numerous acapella awards, including the Contemporary Acapella Awards. I know how busy you are, Mike, with all this right now. So I really want to thank you so much for joining us.
1: I want to thank you for for having me. Uh, it's always it's always uh, appreciated. Get the chance to uh, spread the message a little bit.
2: Absolutely. Now I have heard a a terrible rumor about you, Mike. I have heard, now I know this because my wife is a violinist, and I have heard how rare it is to have perfect pitch. And the rumor is you're one of those people with perfect, now I don't want to embarrass you, but is that true that you have perfect pitch? Uh,
1: The rumors are true, although (laughs) I think in my my advancing age, it's not quite as reliable as it used to be. Um,
2: Really? So that gets worse with age? That's so interesting. I did not know that.
1: You know, I... It might get worse with age or it might get worse with acapella because what i'll tell you is um when you play a piano or you play a guitar like the pitch is absolute you know um a d flat is a d flat an a sharp is an a sharp so um you know you always when you know what what the perfect pitch is supposed to be um you know you you can rely on it when you start singing acapella the thing is if somebody starts drifting starts getting a little too flat or a little too sharp your job is you have to drift with them. When they are wrong, you have to be wrong. Because Mm -hmm. if you are not the same amount of wrong as they are, you're not in tune with each other. And that's the whole thing. So, you know, when I got bit by the acapella bug in college, I had to start learning how to be wrong on purpose. Um, And I think over the years, kind of, you know, that kind of like detuning of myself may have contributed to some things because, you know, we've been we're trying it a lot lately and we've and uh you know I've been given the pitches for the guys and I'm like, okay, here's the note. And then you know, somebody will hit the note in the piano like, oh, not quite boxer. And I'm like, oh no. Wow, oh, no, I'm I'm am i I'm uh I'm deteriorating. So <laughs> it, it may just be twenty years of acapella may just do that to you. That's my Wow,
2: favorite. that's real my wife is gonna love this interview. She's a lifelong violinist. She's got that digital, what do they call it? A to not a tuner, but like a pitch pipe, but it's like a digital one. Um, so yeah, she, she every, uses it everything's all the time. Electric today. Yeah. Everything's electric yeah. today. My two kids play instruments. So, all right. So let me, let, let's start off with this. Amid, this is such a beautiful, beautiful piece that you guys wrote and it's so hilarious. Oh my God. Down to every facial expression. I'm, I'm cracking up. So what made you decide to do West side story now? Uh, you know, what led to this piece coming about?
1: You know what? Um, we've become more and more savvy marketers throughout the years, right? You know, what we want to do is, um, you know, both for the success of, of us as a performing artist, as well as our ability to, you know, really to kind of get into the Jewish community and to, you know, provide that spark for people who, you know, might not necessarily have the, the strongest connection to, you know, to their heritage or to their religion, you know, maybe there aren't, aren't a lot of Jews in in their town, to borrow a line from uh, Minion Man by Schlock Rock. Uh, You know, (laughs) we want to get everywhere. And if if you want, if you want play, you got to be relevant. This is what we've discovered. You know, people like what they know. So that's one reason why, despite the fact that, you know, 70, 75% of our repertoire is original songs, um, you know, what we put the foot that we put forward when, you know, you hit those mainstream media celebrated Jewish times of year, AKA Hanukkah, Rosh Hashanah, and Passover. Um, you know, we're putting out parodies. So sometimes you can catch that lightning in a bottle, like you can do Uptown Passover, and the song will stay at number one for 17 weeks, which never, ever happens. Um, but what we've also found is, you know, you can, you can pick up a song and by the time you're done with production and Passover rolls around or Hanukkah rolls around, um, it's old news. Um, we did a song by, uh, I think it was one of the Jonas Brothers called Cake by the Ocean, and nobody cared. <laughs> because you know it just um it, it wasn't relevant anymore so what we did start doing is um you know trying to anticipate um you know media trends and that, that really has paid off well for us um you know the, the we knew the queen movie was coming out mm-hmm. um around around the holidays in in 2019 so we saw that come and we were like oh wow can we can we take this song can, do, can we even handle that song and we we're like, yes, we, we're going to handle that song. And um, you know, we're like, hopefully, we'll get it'll get a little bit more play because um, even though the song is from the late '70s, and I guess you know, it had that resurgence when Wayne's World came out back in like '91. Otherwise, it's just a classic, and it doesn't have any particular time. But like, okay, the Queen movie is going to come out. Rami Malek was fantastic, so you know, we really made that work. I remember where I was just sitting, sitting in an office hearing that the date for the release of the final Star Wars movie you know obviously it's not final they'll make 20,000 more of but you know the number the nine in the series of nine like the final you know rise of Skywalker they said it's it's gonna come out on something like December 6th uh, 20 uh, 2019 yeah and I was like wait a second wait a second I look it up when is Typing Google, when is Hanukkah
2: 2019?
1: Right. Right. December 7th. And I'm like, oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Clearly, we got It's going to be the hugest thing. We got to do Star Wars. So um, we knew, I think, about a year and a half in advance that we were going to do Star Wars wow. at that particular time. And then the following year, um, you know, I start hearing like they're redoing West Side Story. And, you know, so your wife is going to, you know, will commiserate with this. Like, West Side Story, come on really yeah that's the that's like was there ever a greater piece of you know a greater work ever you know composed in history um you know people would disagree but i don't you know i tend to agree with myself so i don't yeah. um <laughs> we so we're like all right so let, let's look when this is going to come out and i and i think actually the release date i think that the footage has been in the can for like a year and a half and i think steven spielberg made the conscious decision to be like you know what we're not releasing this until people are going to be back in movie theaters right so i i think it may have been originally slated to come out in you know like the middle of 2020 or something like that and as if by divine providence you know the world gets turned upside down and the new release date is um you know later this month right and so again i'm like here's our hanukkah tune for 2021 We're you know we got to do that so we've known for several months that we were going to do that and as musicians ourselves You know the chance to just take on, uh, you know the 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 songs of West Side Story. um, You know it's just so exquisite and so you know so iconic. You know we we couldn't turn down the opportunity to do that. So it was a no-brainer. It was a perfect fit. And we're like, you know, God willing, you know the movie will get some traction and uh, people will, you know, be into it because of that. But you know what I'm seeing is um, people people just. Like West Side Story, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't. The movie, you know, the trailers are out for the movie, but I don't think that's really got anything to do with some of the the feedback we're getting. I think people just appreciate it. I agree um,
2: totally. And, agree.
1: and have, yeah. So, um, you know, we're we're thrilled. We were thrilled to be able to take it on and, uh, you know, to uh, replicate some of the styles and some of the music, and uh, here we are.
2: That's awesome. I mean, listen, you're right. Great music is just great music and it's always going to be great music. So, you know, Star Wars also has great music, but it's not the same kind of music you sit in the car and listen to. Uh, like you could yeah. with the West Side story, so I think you 're totally right, so let me ask you a question. I was going to go in a different direction, but you said something that, that, that I was very interested in i 'm shocked to hear that you start thinking about this a year and a half in advance. so when you come up with an idea for you know forget not a, not an original piece and not just uh, a song. But uh, something you want to go viral like the Hanukkah things you do every year so how long is that entire process writing it coming up with the music the lyrics and then the video and the choreography how long is that whole process it seems like it's a laborious process
1: um, that would be the word for it sure <laughs> um, it's uh, but it really has it has really run the gamut uh, you know because we used to you know we used to try and you know really just uh, you know, investors have a saying, you can't time the market, right? So, you know, like I used to talk about, um, you know, you might pick a song that's number one and say like, all right, cool, we're gonna, you know what, we're gonna rush this and we're gonna get it done in a couple of weeks. And, And by the time you're out, you know, we did a Kesha song called We Are Who We Are, and those people were like, what are they doing? So what we used to really try to say, like, okay, you know what? If we really want to be that relevant, we got to make this a crazy quick turnaround. And there was a time where we were trying to get the whole thing done within a, the span of two weeks. Wow. Like, all right, um, we're going to release a week before Passover. All right, three weeks before Passover. We're going to sit down. We're going to take a look at the billboard charts. We're going to see, is you know, what's here that we could make work? We... You know, we get help from a couple of guys, uh, you know, we, we write um, a lot of the parody lyrics ourselves, but we have a tremendous amount of help um, from guys like Elliot Olshansky and Spencer Garfield, who are, uh, you can call them friends of the group, who are just terrifically creative lyric writers. You know, so we call them up and, uh, you know, hope, hope that, um, you know, they're as good with deadlines as we need them to be. Oftentimes, I'm arranging the music while they're thinking of the lyrics, and uh, you know, then once that arrangement is out, we are lip syncing shots to, you know, to that arrangement at a video shoot, and the video is being edited while the music is being recorded, and then we sync them up later. There was a time where we did manage to get it done in two or three weeks or whatever it was, and every single time we did it, you know, it was a week of being up till, you know, with, with our video editor, you know, till till two, three, four in the morning. Mm. And every single time we did it, we're like, we're never doing this again. Just no, we're just not ever doing this again. And after a few years of doing that, we actually stuck to our word. We're like, okay, you know what? We're not. We're, we we're going to kill ourselves. And uh, if, if we don't, our wives will. <laughs> so, um, you know, o- over time, we we're like, hey, you know what? Let's decide on, even if it's not something that is going to be coming out at that particular time. you know, we, we did the Lion King. We were a couple of months early for that. We didn't time that all that well, but again, people people love the Lion King. Yep. People grew up with it and now a whole generation has grown up with it. So we have had the time to spread that work out over um, you know two months, three months, four months. Um, and um, we have found that when we <laughs> take the initiative to not be procrastinators and plan things out in advance, it's a whole lot more pleasant of a process.
2: Sure. <laughs> um, uh,
1: that that being said, David Chabinsky and I, who is an extremely gifted videographer and is almost solely responsible for the visuals looking the way that they do, you know, he and I were uh, finalizing cuts the night before on this one too. Wow. So you know, sometimes all the all the planning in the world doesn't get you anywhere. So wow. That's my long-winded <laughs> answer is that uh, you know we've done it in anywhere from from eight months to two weeks. Wow, And uh, we're still tuning that process up.
2: Yeah, well, listen, the quality looks like it's a full year's worth of work. I got to tell you, I mean, you look at the quality, it's just absolutely incredible. Now, I want to tell you on a personal note, uh, the two songs that I sing to my two boys every night are your songs. And I believe they're your original songs. I My, my two of my all time favorite songs of any songs that are out there are Al Hanisim and your version of Hamalah HaGoel. And I've been putting my kids to bed with those two and they love them. And I don't have nearly as good of a voice as any of you guys. <laughs> but that's what I put my two boys to bed with every night and they love it. So on a personal note, you know that this is all this is genuine because that is a totally true uh, uh, thing that I'm telling you and a very personal thing, obviously. And I'm curious to ask you, because I think one thing that separates you from other groups that maybe sound like Maccabees or something else like that, I don't know. But I think what separates you from them is your original work you're not just doing parodies, you're writing amazing songs. And I'm curious to ask you two things about that. Number one, is it more fulfilling when it's your own song uh, and more enjoyable that process? Uh, and, and number two, well, I forgot number two, <laughs> two part question. I'll leave it at one <laughs> part. Okay. Is, is, is it more fulfilling when you're writing your own songs?
1: Um, uh, for sure it is. I mean, um, you know, as an artist, you know, you want a creative outlet and uh, you know, I, I will say it's, Sometimes it's a little bit more fun to make the stuff when it's something that's a little more lighthearted and doesn't, you know, requires you not taking yourself too seriously, you know, like, uh, you know, Taylor Swift or, right. um, you know, or West Side Story medley or something like that. But what gives you the creative fulfillment, you know, is is writing your own al theme or, you know, writing and, you know, writing an original, uh, you know, like the, I wrote a song called Chai, which is basically this, this extreme you know, extremely bleeding heart, um, missive about, uh, the, you know, the, us over us as the Jewish people overcoming the tragedy of, of our times writing the Hisha Amda, our version of that, you know, I, I actually contributed only the lyrics to that, but that was a real car- cathartic type thing. Cause yeah. you know, there we were in, in, in March of 2020 and everyone was going like, is this the apocalypse? I have no idea what is, what is happening right now? The world is upside down. And, um, you know, it was therapeutic for us and I hope a lot of other people to, you know, be able to put something like that together. So yeah, I mean, um, putting your own work out there uh, is definitely more creatively fulfilling. There's a, there, there's a quote, and I and I don't know who it's attributed to, but I heard it secondhand uh, via the the great Billy Joel. And the quote is, um, I, I hate writing, but I love having written. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more, you know, like having to sit down and crank that stuff out. It's like, um, it's not that it's like, oh, it's it's uh I am pained as an artist. It's just like it's uh pushing it out is sometimes it, it's uh it's a forced kind of process. But
2: yeah,
1: um you know, what you just said, like having somebody come up to you and be like, Hey, you're al seem like that it's it's so great, like that's super cool. I mean, that never gets old. You know, to me, you know, like um a Jewish kid from the suburbs with a day job and a couple of kids in Queens. You know, like, am, am I am I allowed to have people coming up to me and saying that? That seems like something that's reserved for, like, superstars. Yeah. You know, so that's that really, like, um, you know, it, it, it makes your day. Um, you
2: well, know, you know, it's like,
1: uh, your, your original stuff. I love it.
2: Mike, it's so deserved, though, because and I'm not sure. Listen, I have no reason to kiss up to you. I don't know you. You're not paying me. Right. <laughs> uh, but I'm being totally. And if you've ever listened to my show before, and I hope you will. I just tell how I feel, whether it's good or bad. And I, I love you guys so much. And and my question to you is actually goes right into that. Because you really, and by the way, it's so interesting what you said about Billy Joel, the entire reason I asked you that question was because of Billy Joel because people always ask Billy Joel what is his favorite song of all his songs, and he always says the same thing they're all my babies and so that kind of sounded yeah. you know similar to to what you said but here's what what I wanted to ask you you know acapella is an interesting it seems like it's undergone a resurgence, and especially in in this community where where you and other groups are putting out these You know viral and parodies and and you know a lot of such great work and i feel like you guys are really very responsible for that in our community i mean i mean i'm saying this and again i'm not kissing up to you but it really is true there and i don't maybe you'll give me the answer to this there's something about acapella that it your great songs that i love the most i get chills when i hear it done so well in acapella what is it? What is it about acapella? You would think it has less of an impact, but it's just the opposite. And I don't know what it is. Maybe you can explain it.
1: You know, um, well, you're, you're preaching to the choir on that one. Pun, I guess, intended. I mean, you be, you you know, you draw your own conclusion there. Um, but you know, for it was always something special for me. I mean, like I, you know, I've been a musician um as long as I as I knew how you know I was I was four years old and I was banging on my parents piano god bless them for for dealing with that forever god bless them even for more for dealing with my brother banging on the drums throughout his teenage years down the basement but that's a different <laughs> story um but you know crazy supportive family that allowed me to do that and then you know learning instruments in school um you know I didn't I didn't sing um you know everybody uh, I went to public school and uh you know in a lot of public schools most kids sing in the chorus at some point um but you know getting to junior high school i played the cello I, you know i played the piano i played the you know the, the alto sax for a time i didn't sing i actually in fact was a member of a, of a band like you know we played clubs and you know we had original music and um we had a singer and i actually asked if i could sing on a song and he actually told me no you're terrible <laughs> that's a true story uh so I didn't I didn't sing until I got to college. I was an instrumentalist. I you know, I was a pretty pretty decent pianist um, but when I got to college that was where I discovered a cappella where literally I was pressured into trying out for the Jewish a cappella group at college. A guy who lived in my dorm uh, found out that I had perfect pitch. Didn't care what my voice sounded like. Wow. Said, "Dude, you got you to try you got to try out for this group." Because to him, that meant like, oh, he'll always, you know, he'll always be in tune. He's a good musician. He'll arrange. So he really, like, really, like, pressured me into, like, coming out for Casqueset, which is, you know, which is the beginning of it all for me. Um, you know, much like a lot of college campuses, um, we had a co-ed 12, 13-member Jewish acapella group. And, uh, you know, I started there. eventually became the musical director, <clears throat> did a lot of arranging, and also was introduced to Jews who were not like me. Um, who had an orthodox background um, or a a strong, you know, kind of, um, you know, liberal or reform, uh, you know, uh, nifty background and stuff like that, Um, you know, I was introduced to a whole lot more of of the repertoire. But um, I, what I fell in love with was, for me, there is just something so aurally pleasing um, about the way that voices work with each other. And, you know, there was even greater for me, you know, after I, you know, finished with Casqueset, I joined the Binghamton Crosby's. And their musical philosophy is, um, excuse the inappropriateness, but this is how we termed it. It was um, our style is balls to the wall. That's, That's how you sing in Crosby's. You blare, you come straight from your stomach and you make this powerful, powerful sound. And the blend is crazy. The power is crazy. And just the the way that the tones just rub up against each other, it's just it's satisfying to me in a way that orchestral big band, you know, any of my other you know favorite instrumentations or configurations, they just don't happen that way. Um, so, you know, the live aspect of acapella, um, that's what it does for me. Maybe subliminally, that's what it does for other people. Now, of course, we have and and, and many other groups before us. Have made a science out of creating a cappella recordings that often sound like there are no voices in it whatsoever. Yeah. You know, um, we've got our vocal percussionist going and we fine tune that in the studio to make it sound, you know, as powerful as drums do. We have inhuman vocalists like Lior Melnick, who um, sings low B's, you know, on his worst day and takes the place of a uh, bass guitar. And then, of course, we enhance his low end studio. So, you know, we'll put out stuff that sounds like it's band so you know when you think about that it's really like okay now that's just the polar opposite of what i just said it's like acapella sounds so great because <laughs> it's the way that the voices sound <laughs> together now let's make it sound nothing like voices <laughs> together
2: jeff Wax back in the studio it's such a phenomenal spot with uh, mike boxer and uh, we're not done we're only about halfway through with him we'll have the second part of the interview tomorrow night but we'll be back with more right after this All right, we're back on Jeff Lacks Live, 620 AM WSNR, and streaming, as always, on TalkLineNetwork.com. we got a quick minute here. If you want to give us a call at 646-926-4699, 646-926-4699. If you have any thoughts about the interview, either with Mike Boxer, the founder, uh, creator of the group 613, and uh, the the, uh, brainchild behind uh, so many of their original works, uh, so brilliant. I mean, he is he truly is brilliant. Um, and of course, earlier in the evening, we had Sophie Knapp, the adorable, spunky, talented Sophie Knapp, who will be live tomorrow night on NBC at 8 p.m. Do not miss it. Um, she's she just uh, I mean, she exudes confidence and talent and sweetness, and I'm sure her parents are very, very proud. And I want to thank. Her mother, Javi, for setting up the interview. Really appreciate it, both of you guys. Thank you for uh, having Sophie, uh, allowing her to come on, and thank you, Sophie, for coming on. We really look forward to the show tomorrow night. Now, Mike Boxer, we the interview was so good, I couldn't stop it, even though I knew I was over on time. So we're going to air part two tomorrow night, um, and we may air the whole thing again in its entirety so you don't miss out on the nuance of it. Uh, In tomorrow night's show, he's going to talk about what it was like, and I told him, spare me no detail, and he didn't, what it was like to go to the White House. Tremendous. So I I, I can't wait for you to hear uh, what he said about that. Uh, And that's all coming up on tomorrow night's show. Uh, What a Hanukkah show, right? Wow. I mean, Sophie Knapp, a star. Mike Boxer, a star. Uh, by the way, in the interview at the time, it only had about um 30-40,000 views, but that was day 1. Now it's got 500,000 more. Uh West Side Hanukkah has over 500,000 views on YouTube. So check that out too on YouTube. West Side Hanukkah by 613. We appreciate all you guys. Come back tomorrow night, hear Mike Boxer, part two, talking about his visit to the White House with 613. Have a wonderful, wonderful fourth night of to everybody.